0: At the intersection of ideas and action, this is Longitude Soundbites, where we bring innovative insights from around the world directly to you. I'm Blake Moya, Longitude Fellow from the University of Texas at Austin. In today's episode, we will be featuring highlights from a conversation I led with Minsik Lee, a senior technical staff member at IBM. He's part of our Edge of Space series, where we explore the roles of individuals, experiences, and cutting-edge technologies that are preparing us for exploration on the moon and beyond. As a graduate statistician, I was interested to hear about the technical challenges involved in edge computing, and the ways that overcoming these challenges can change the way we look at computing in general. We started our conversation with Minsick's description of a CubeSat, a kind of miniature satellite on which his team at IBM would be launching their software.
1: I'm a senior technical staff member in IBM. I work as an edge computing architect and also work as a full-stack software engineer. My focus area is mostly edge computing and hybrid cloud. For the last two years, I work in face tech industry. We are trying to apply our cloud native and software-defined and the emerging technology on that phase uh, industry. Yeah, that mm-hmm. includes kind of a space station or a satellite or like this CubeSat.
0: Would you mind breaking down uh, what CubeSat is and what this Endurance CubeSat mission is for people who maybe haven't heard of it?
1: Your concept is that instead of kind of some expensive satellite, you know, we can maybe maybe launch some small, the kind of a micro satellite in the space and then it can have a kind of an economic benefit. We can use some shared environment. There are many companies, including some universities, and then they are now developing and you know, just sending those CubeSats you know, to space. But the mission will be the similar to satellite. Mission can be uh, different based on the kind of equipment, uh, that is attached to the CubeSat. For example, some CubeSat can have some kind of camera that can provide an uh, image of Earth. They also can have uh, sensors that can provide the location or temperature or some other sensor data. They can collect that and then send it back to ground. That way we can collect uh, sensor data in space environment and then do some more yeah, analysis or uh, tasking yeah, on the ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you. And so what is your role specifically on this project or within Endurance?
1: Yes. So uh, our team focuses on edge computing areas. You may be aware of that. I mean, there was a project called uh, Mayflower. And that project, I mean, we uh, developed autonomous bot. From IBM side, uh, we applied IT stack and then also provide operation to support that autonomous boat. In our perspective, that's uh, kind of a use case for the edge computing environment. And then one day we just thought that why don't we apply the same technology on just the space? I mean, so we just uh, had that idea about two years ago. And then we met people in NASA, and then we shared such kind of ideas. And then we have some opportunities to apply software-defined technologies on space station or satellites. Uh, We started a project called DC Set. That's our own CubeSat. And then so we will launch this one next year. And then our goal is to have kind of a playground. That way, anybody can test their code in the, on our CubeSat environment. Of course, I mean, CubeSat is very small. We plan to have a, a kind of the emulated in the environment on the ground, so they can then test their code on the ground environment. We will also have historical data gathered from the CubeSat, so they can test. Uh, they can do the, some AI processing with the sensor data, and then, uh, so we just try to open this, I mean, the playground, the, this environment to anybody, not only for the, some specific scientist. And then after the launch, we plan to, to share our architecture, our lessons learned, yeah, so uh, in public.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the motive of, of this endurance mission of, uh, I believe the, the tagline is democratizing access to space. Yes. And you had made a remark where you said, uh, you know, taking the edge computing principles used in Mayflower and just bring it to space. And, well. of course, the just there <laughs> does a lot of work <laughs> because getting to space is difficult. But this is a big effort to bring space to the masses. Do you want to go into a little detail about how people could, uh, I know that you mentioned that there'll be a playground where programmers and developers can work on their code, practice their code, and then send it up? Uh, to the satellite itself. Could you talk a little bit about what kind of people you're hoping to uh, attract to use the, the CubeSat?
1: For now, our primary target uh, will be uh, maybe high school students and then maybe students in the university and then who can have, maybe their skill set will be different, right? Some people will have kind of some earth science background or a physics background. Some of them will have uh, some deep understanding or high-level skill in AI. So originally, we are developing I mean, that, that kind of class and for the high school and the students first. And then we will provide a different level of languages. So they can develop their code using Python or Node.js. We will provide the API and then test in the development environment. The people who are not so familiar with coding, and then we will provide kind of a web-based, block-based coding experience uh, similar to Scratch. So we will provide that interface. Also, of course, we will provide some kind of a guideline and then some kind of step-by-step and, uh, kind of thing. So that way, they can imagine something, and then they can understand that they can focus on the problem. That way, they can just consume our data on the ground and then uh, just to build the uh, those code, we will have the system that convert the block to Python code. Then we can send this code to the set. It will just execute that, and then it, that we can get the result in mean, there. Sometimes really quickly. Mm-hmm. However, sometimes and it depends on the schedule of our ground station connectivity. sometimes maybe within a day. Yeah, we can get the result. Yeah, for that. I mean the main different thing is that yeah we are trying to provide some computing runtime environment that's the kind of playground yeah so that so we are applying some cloud native technologies such as container technology, Kubernetes technology on our yeah environment. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was reading about how this kind of code that people produce would be containerized to run on on the satellite itself. And so if my understanding of edge computing is correct, it's that we have this distributed process. There is some analysis that we want to do on data here on Earth. There's some data that we want to collect off in space. And we're deciding where each computation takes place. And... I assume the goal with edge computing is putting as much computation as we can up at the data collection level to limit what we have to transmit to and from. Is that yes. correct?
1: Yes, correct. And then just in ground, but we have more computing power in the system and the back end, So we, you can do the kind of distributed parallel uh, processing on the own backend side with historical data. And then in the space, Yeah, we we are trying to find some use case that that can have a benefit in CubeSat and the environment. Yeah, sensor data, image data, processing, and we are trying to include some interesting technologies like the kind of um, quantum technologies. That way we can do uh, different use cases,
0: yes. Mm -hmm. And so then a lot of your role has been in working in making sure that the containerization process Yes, people's yes. code works yes. and will run once it gets up into space.
1: Right. I mean, in our network connectivity, we are able to only contact our CubeSat from the ground station. Each ground station will have kind of a 10-minute connectivity to the satellite each time. So we are not able to send the entire container code to the CubeSat. We will have a defined kind of... A container runtime in Kubernetes, and then from ground, we will only send our just the code. I need to make sure that we can execute uh, that code on the Kubernetes, And then that's kind of an autonomous environment. I mean, that mm-hmm. if there's a crash or something, I mean, that, yeah. I mean, that, <laughs> that we, and we are not able to use that anymore. So yeah, I'm testing. Yes, yeah, so I need to make sure that I'm that not nothing can break uh, the operating system or runtime environment. Container runtime will provide some limited access. Uh, and then the code should not break our QC, right? So we, we, need, yeah, to really that, yeah, so we need to provide Yeah, don't
0: important. Yes,
1: we need to have a kind of a separate security policy. And then the runtime environment should provide just a playground for the sandbox environment for the code itself. Yeah, so yeah, actually, that's my main the objective. Once we complete this one, yeah, we have a stable Kubernetes uh, environment. Next one is that ground based development environment. That way, people have their class and then their session using our ground environment. Yeah, so now we are gathering some volunteers developing course, and then also we are developing that ground based environment functionalities.
0: Yeah. And I mean, satellites seem like, to me, the pinnacle of edge computing because it really seems like the highest risk of failure. Because if it crashes up there, you can't just go get it. You can't go turn it off and back on again.
1: Exactly. So, do
0: you find it (laughs) stressful uh, how much you have to, how confident you have to be in uh, these processes in this software stack?
1: Yes. we continue the test to make sure that we can uh, have, I mean, we can overcome some emergency situation. Yeah, so we we have a backup image for the operating system, and that that way we can restore. However, in the case of physical damage or radiation, I mean, the radiation problem, yeah, so I need to just pray. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, we just have one Uh, Another experience is so we applied our software runtime stack in International Space Station already, and then so we have some lessons learned. However, in the case of International Space Station, that's uh, more similar to our data center. So similar kind of runtime environment and then from ground, and then we are, uh, we can send, push the code, and then we can execute that one. So the concept is still similar, but I mean, in this Qubus case, it's more challenging. So just my viewpoint, I mean, uh, what can be the next uh, generation data center or environment? So I think that, I'm not sure what, that will include some edge, I mean, the edge-based uh, micro data center, and just uh, imagine that, I mean, that the future of the Data center can include, I mean, the edge and including the space part. So, yeah, this is just a good opportunity to think such a kind of architecture and the use case. I think.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I think it's amazing to see the direction that the that computing on Earth is is taking between cloud computing and edge computing. We're really seeing a broad distribution of physical hardware across physical distances in land. Um, And it just makes me think of how people have really stopped using desktops for the most part, because a laptop is all you need. Any higher level or higher intensity computation, it's all done somewhere else. Um, So I really think that this kind of work is going to change what we think of interfacing with computers is at all. Like, I I really think that this is a a very interesting direction. Happy to, to have a chat with somebody so involved. (laughs) so if i could talk a little bit about kind of the innovation the mindset uh that goes into a project like this um because edge computing as i as i just said i think is on uh, the frontier of computing in general what do you think drives that kind of innovation what do you think drives uh the idea or the incentive to say hey we just did this on the, the mayflower Let's just do it in space now. What, uh, what does it take to have that motivation?
1: There are a lot of activities in this space area from the commercial companies. And then there are already a lot of kind of technical innovation in that. So we never imagine like a kind of network connectivity in space. We never imagine like kind of satellite-based or Mars-based or Moon-based. I mean, that kind of infrastructure. However, now we already have some kind of a network environment in the space. And so satellite can use the Wi Fi or, or 5G network, not only for this space area, and then many industries just apply kind of the modern IT technologies like the. And so now autonomous car or electric car is the main trend in, in that industry. So, Mayflower is the similar, right? We can just consider the car as a kind of the compute or kind of robot. I mean, that can have kind of brain. I mean, there's some IT enabled brain, and then they can do more intelligent I mean, the processing for the, I mean, the for the drivers. And uh, in space industry, oh, there are so many opportunities to utilize I mean, the current IT technologies. So, We don't have to invent technology from scratch. We can just apply that. Once we can have this kind of emerging IT technology in some space use case, we can apply the same thing on other use cases. So that is our motivation when we start this work
0: yeah and you saying that uh, you know you are able to use some of the innovations that other people have produced or the technologies other people have produced to help drive your own i think that's something that this project is is going to do for a lot of other people part of democratizing access to to space instrumentation is yeah. that people will you know want to learn more about space want to get more involved with the space industry and they don't have to launch their own rocket or build their own satellite they can use uh the stepping stones placed down by uh people like you to to further themselves and i think that's fantastic so i have my own personal interest in in computing and edge computing so i've been excited to talk about that but i think part of this project taking place in space is more of a show of force for edge computing but i'm interested to know has this project gotten you personally more interested in the space industry, or have you always uh, had an interest in space? Is it your interest in space that brought you to edge computing, or your work in edge computing that brought you to, to space? I guess is the question.
1: Yes, so actually I majored, I mean, in the mathematics and the information security, and then work IBM for like fifteen years as an uh, architect. When I joined our group. I realized that we can do some interesting things for the edge computing use cases. In my case, I got opportunity to to work in this space area. So I'm also learning a lot about this industry.
0: I'm very excited to see kind of uh, what the face of computing is going to look like in four or five years as as more and more projects like this and people like you get involved. Uh, I think that we definitely have a lot to look forward to. I did want to ask just as far as some inspiration to people who want to follow a similar line of work as you, and I assume that there are many because any work in computing is obviously highly transferable. You can work on autonomous ships in space and any anyone needs a computer um, so do you have any advice for uh people following a similar career path either in computing or just kind of searching around for for a field that they think they can they can be happy in and be productive in.
1: Yes, so I recommend that now kind of machine learning that when you consider autonomous or some edge computing environment, uh, it's really uh, critical to understand. I mean, there's such a kind of a new trend and especially AI and the environment. I mean, the, yeah, I recommend. I mean, the people have uh, some skill and then study in AI industry. And then that will enable and that, that will bring a lot of good ideas. And then maybe uh, they can find and um, the, their career path, I think. Yeah, we do that. So
0: keep on top of the trends. Exactly. Know, know what's yeah, next. Yeah.
1: yeah, so five years ago, I'm, I didn't see any data scientists. As I remember, I mean, only a few right now, new trend through I mean, the AI part and the AI ML part. So if we have some understanding, for that and then use case, then that will be very helpful
0: yeah
1: now, so many new emerging technologies, right, and it's really hard to catch up I mean I mean that it will be good to check the latest I and mean, the technologies, and then I'd like to encourage that people pay attention to the latest I and mean, the trend and then some technology, then they will have more yeah idea and then. There's new
0: opportunities emerging everywhere.
1: Right, there's no barrier now in any industry.
0: My conversation with MINSIC elucidated something magical about the seemingly sterile field of edge computing design. The way that MINSIC is sending computational work into space to lighten the load on the ground computers parallels the way that he's sending his expertise to new programmers who soon will no longer have to overcome the financial, technical, and gravitational barriers to experimenting with space. By connecting a satellite only 10 centimeters across to a global network, min team at IBM will be connecting young programmers to a space tech community that used to be, quite literally, a world away. That is a truly stellar achievement. Thanks again to Mincic Lee for chatting with me, and thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's segment. Please feel free to share your thoughts over social media and visit longitude.site for the episode transcript. Join us next time for more unique insights on Longitude Soundbites.